0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. Formula One heads to the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix this weekend. Today was free practice one and two. Of course, in free practice two, some of the fuel comes out and we get to see some of the quicker lap times. You can't always get an overall read of who is quickest, but it was a Max Verstappen clean sweep Uh, in free practice two. On the quick runs, Verstappen posting a 129.603. In second, Alonso in the Aston Martin, a 129.811. And the second Red Bull of Sergio Perez, a 129.902. Joining us on the podcast today to discuss what's going on, today's action, and the big stories from autosport.com is the editor of our website, Hayden Cobb. Welcome back to the podcast. You're doing all right?
1: Hello, thanks for having me back again. Yeah, I'm um, doing well. How are you? Good, yeah, good. No, we love having you on because we can
0: talk about what happened today, but also what our listeners and readers of the website have been clicking on. So, you know, we can put the agenda together, but ultimately uh, it's it's our audience that dictate what they find interesting. So it's always good to go through with you the, the, the biggest articles on the website. But let's talk a little bit about today's free practice. Uh, you and the team, of course, have been covering that for our readers. Uh, it was Verstappen, Alonso Perez, like I mentioned, then Ocon in the Alpine then Russell and Gasly, so two Alpines in the top six, then Stroll in the other Aston Martin, Nico Hülkenberg, and then Leclerc and Sainz. Uh, So let's get into it. But first of all, can you tell us about the story we were running earlier this week about why Max Verstappen arrived to the circuit late?
1: That's right. Uh, Yeah, it was a bit of an odd one to see all 19 drivers apart from the reigning world champion in the paddock on on Thursday morning. But it turns out... um, have just happened to have been suffering with a, a stomach bug. Uh, a tummy bug, I think, is the exact phrase Red okay. used to describe it, which is okay. quite a cute way of... We can of read it.
0: through the lines. We it, can... Yeah, know. yeah.
1: And, um, yeah, I mean, I think we've all probably been there at some stage in our, in our lives, and it's yeah. it's never fun. And so to get on a... Uh, a long haul flight from his from his monaco home to to saudi arabia i think the other passengers that may have been sharing that flight with him would actually be thanking him for 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 not getting on that flight if he wasn't feeling so well so he he missed all of his thursday activities uh with the media and and usually with his team um, but it, it didn't work out to be too much of a problem for him in the end because uh, with the late start in Saudi Arabia due to the night race, uh, he basically could catch up with his team Friday morning when he was feeling much better. And uh, yes, as you said about the, the Friday practice, he topped both sessions, so I don't think he was feeling too unwell uh, given the circumstances.
0: And if people are watching the highlights or you know, our listeners end up watching uh, some of today or, or over the weekend, They'll pick up on some track changes. Now, it changed from 21 to 22. Some people are saying that when we first saw it in 21, this track was downright dangerous with very little runoff area, driving next to the walls, the highest speed uh, street circuit in the world. and, And because of the fast, sweeping, curvy nature of it, no sight lines. So you could come around the corner and just come across a car. That changed from year one to year two. What's happened as we go back to Saudi Arabia with the track changes?
1: Yeah, that's right. So it's pretty much more of of the same in broad strokes, but um, predominantly it's moving uh, walls back from from certain areas of the track. Um, So turn four, for example, walls been moved back by seven and a half metres and at turn 20, five metres, just to provide a bit more runoff, obviously, and having the walls less so uh, in cumbersome. Uh, some of the banking and the, all the curbs have been changed, uh, partly for either grip levels or or sight lines, um, as you mentioned yep. earlier. All, all in the name of of making the circuit safer. Um, I, I think it's probably, given because of the high nature, high speed nature of the track, it's probably the most dangerous track on the F one calendar currently. Uh, we'll sort of see how Vega shapes up in fairness later this year because no one really knows what that looks like <laughs> in in reality but um it's yeah the combination of that that high speed blind corners um and what particularly in in practice and what we're seeing qualifying tomorrow is yeah you have cars going on the sort of slow laps building up their tire temperatures etc and those already on push laps which is obviously not what you have on during the race situation so you have cars going slower that will either be on the racing line which is generally narrow or off it just close to it with cars coming up behind them and there was as has been the case for every year since we've been to Saudi Arabia there's been countless incidents of, of uh, drivers race engineers speaking to them saying "Well, watch out for another driver behind you approaching fast and sometimes the message doesn't come across quickly enough and you have yeah. uh, I kind of have a lot of near misses thankfully uh, we, we have I we don't think we've ever really had a proper uh, or any mm. sort of Incident. There's been plenty of near misses, but no, no sort of clashes, and certainly there were none today. But you, you do sort of feel that there, there's only probably a matter of time before something like that happens. But the problem, the other problem is how how do you avoid it? How do you solve it? The the only real suggestion that that would sort of permanently do it is have a minimum lap time that all drivers must adhere to, and, and keep that high enough where you don't have those dr- um, great differences in speed between a car on a Sort of qualifying lap and a car on a preparation lap.
0: Yeah, and I was watching the Formula Two practice this morning uh, while I was just sort of doing some other jobs. I, I'm, you know, I'm not glued to F two practice week in week out. I love motorsport, but you know, I had it on whilst I was also doing some other stuff. But there was a red flag at the end of that. I think from memory, it was Cordiel who spun yeah. uh, coming out of thirteen. Yeah, uh, a, a sort of a snap oversteer moment. Spun it ended up sideways on the track and of course the yellow flags came out and i think i don't know who was coming up just behind maybe one of the Premers or something um but quick thinking but on a different day that could have easily been he put his hands up instinctively to the side of his helmet that could easily have been a t-bone incident and it wasn't um and the next car was say two or three seconds back on the and double waved yellows Uh, uh, but as you say we have kind of dodged a big accident here and so i think look it To me, watching both free practice sessions, I think it still looks quick enough. Like that circuit looks bonkers fast. So, you know, slowing the cars down a bit, a bit more runoff, I think is absolutely fine. As you mentioned, you know, blocking is going to be an issue. And actually, you know, the F2 cars have a little bit less information compared to the F1 drivers that have a constant stream of their race engineer saying, if so and so is four seconds back, so and so is two seconds back. And so, that's different the f1 cars do have a different level of communication but still um, let's talk so verstappen was top and i think that was expected but let's talk about aston martin because that wasn't necessarily expected if these times are uh, representative of their pace some saying that the bahrain podium was track specific you know lots of traction out of low speed corners a very you know unique track surface a uh, very highly abrasive um, What's the news? As Alonso finished second today on The Times, how are Aston Martin doing here?
1: Yeah, I think that the two elements there, you say, to, of the Aston Martin podium in Bahrain being track-specific, but also has their, their pace overall improved, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, on Friday practice, or the end of Friday practice in Bahrain, Alonso was, was top of the timesheets and fastest, but then in qualifying was... Uh, fifth or sixth, that sort of area, um, and and obviously then came through and, and beat the Mercedes and the Ferraris on pace t- to get onto the podium. Um, this is a similar sort of case at the moment, and and we sort of yeah, Alonso said immediately after Friday practice. He he, it's hard to guess. It's very still difficult to know exactly where everyone lines up in the pecking order, track to track. But he sort of anticipated a, potentially a similar sort of story, and and I think that's probably a reasonable deduction to make, given on the very limited data set we've got currently with, with the 2023 cars. But it's definitely worth saying that Aston Martin are in are in that fight at the front. And yeah, depending on how the track goes, how they're getting those clean laps in when it when it really matters in Q3, there's absolutely no reason you, you, you'd find it impossible to see Alonso in particular, but then Aston Martin on the front row or, in, or definitely on the front two rows, or if things don't quite come together and the other... Uh, cars like your Ferraris and Mercedes do get it together, then pushes them back to sort of 6th, 7th. So it is it, very competitive between those those teams. Mm. And yeah, but I would I would basically count them in the podium fight, top five, top six fight, regardless of what happens, really. Oh, that's, br- that's brilliant. I'd love that pace to be real and
0: that they can develop that car this year. Um, it's great. We might see an Aston Martin on the, on the top step
1: of the podium sometime this year. Yeah, A win. this is true. It's, it's definitely like... again it's early early days and you would given what we've seen so far have to sort of see Verstappen really struggle for one reason or another or have a mechanical or something um, and the other Red Bull of Perez but you know that that isn't an impossibility we did see the Mercedes win last year in Brazil um, pretty much on merit and that was a car that no one thought we could be able to win a race that year. So given where they are currently, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like at some point this year, given how many races there are, there's, there's a very real opportunity that they'll be fighting for wins at some point this year. Maybe not this weekend, but, but at some point, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would look forward to it. It doesn't always have to be
0: a mechanical. It, pro- it might be a reliability issue, but we saw it at this race last year when Perez was leading Leclerc, had a really healthy gap. And in the first round of pit stops, Ferrari were on the radio, or maybe it was the other way round. Leclerc was onto the pit wall saying, OK, let's box to overtake. Let's do the undercut, you know, public radio. Were they bluffing? And so Red Bull had to bring Perez in this time last year. To cover it off, and of course Leclerc was always going to do whatever Perez didn't do, the opposite. So he stayed out. Red Bull took the early stop, and then what brought out the red flags was that a Latifi. I think it might have been a Latifi shunt, and a lap later,
1: uh, and yeah, testing my memory there. Yeah, something happened,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and but something about the red flags this time, and then so everybody else got what you know they say a cheap stop, but everyone is got, and it was a full safety car as well. Yeah, and so and that really hurt Perez. He dropped down to fourth or fifth, yeah. ended up battling um, and and really dropped down. So, you know, lady luck can shine on you, and we could see an Aston Martin winning for a variety of reasons this year. On the way, in a moment, we'll talk about four more teams. We won't cover everybody on the Friday podcast, but Ferrari, Mercedes, Alpine, and Williams on the way in a second. Stay there. Alright, welcome back. I'm on today with our editor of Autosport.com, Hayden Cobb, and we're talking Ferrari next. And they finished in 9th and 10th in FP2. Um, I mean, that's behind a Ferrari-powered Haas car. Can you tell us about the grid penalty from for Leclerc? Last I heard, it was only sort of a speculated grid penalty, but he'd used two parts that they are allowed two of. So almost a dead dead certainty. Why is it the second event of the year and Leclerc is having a grid penalty?
1: Yeah, so you're, you're bang on there. He's um, after received when he uh, he's had that retirement in Bahrain, that was uh, down to one of the electronics yeah, units in the power unit uh, failing. Um, and he'd only changed, or Ferrari rather, had only changed that exact part of his uh, power unit the morning of the Bahrain race because they suspected an issue. Uh, turns out the suspicions were were bang on, um, but unfortunately the new one couldn't couldn't have lasted the race distance. So yes, the, this particular park control electronics you're only allowed two uh, units of them for for a whole season before you start getting grid penalties, um, which sounds tight. But I from memory I don't think anyone picked up a. Grid penalty because of not running out of those pieces. They'd only pick up or use a third or a fourth of those in recent seasons if they've already taken on a new turbo or mm. or a internal combustion engine. It's sort of like a piece on between because because they they're oh. taking a penalty anyway. Why not get a new piece, add the uh, and sort of use it in the pool uh, without much pain? Uh, Ferrari seems confident that they've rectified the issue that appeared on Leclerc's car, and, and in, in fairness, like it hasn't. At least in the sessions that matter, hit any of their other Ferrari-powered cars, whether it's in the factory team or Hass or Alfa well, Romeo. Mm. It was just very unlucky. That, of all the drivers <laughs> and in all the situations that it seemed to hit, it was the worst mm. worst scenario. But um, that's sometimes how it how it goes. Um, but that, that means yeah, Le- Leclerc is onto his third controller. At Tronics uh, unit of of the season and takes a 10 place grid penalty for for the second race of the season which is bonkers right. but it's it's, yeah. it's the way it's gone um, wow. um for, for him unfortunately. So yeah, in terms of their their pace today, you wouldn't be so surprised given that Leclerc has the the 10 place grid penalty hanging over him going into qualifying tomorrow. focusing more on race pace uh because yeah, it, even if he go yeah, for qualifiers and the top 2, top 3 uh, shuffle back into the midfield, regardless. Um, but but in truth, as we said, um, yeah, ninth and tenth, not where you'd expect them to be, regardless of of that scenario. Uh, and they they called it sort of good data collecting and and sort of playing it down. And still, just yeah, a data collecting day of of trying out different wing specifications and generally trying to find out more about their car, but it's behind where they would be expected to be and I think they have under underperformed. but it is only Friday practice so we'll see where they line up but yes not a not an encouraging day or, or encouraging week for Ferrari
0: yeah some in the paddock saying that Ferrari's power unit has the legs on the Red Bull and so they're expecting Ferrari to make up places to qualify better than where they were today and also Leclerc taking a penalty but It's at a track where, because it's so high speed and there are two pretty decent overtaking opportunities, um, especially into the hairpin. They've moved the DRS line, so we won't see any of that. I think it's a shame that they've moved the DRS activation line. The
1: novelty has gone, yeah. I know, I know.
0: None of that to me, to you, to me, to you. Um, It was all a bit Chuckle Brothers uh, (laughs) last year, but but that's fine. That's fine. Um, It was was fun seeing Verstappen locking up and and nobody wanting to, to cross that line first. They've moved it. To after the apex of the corner. So they've, took, they've taken our fun away. Um, and so some say, actually, Ferrari could be in a good position because of their power. A couple of, a couple of articles that you were running on autosport.com uh, this week, one of them, Lewis Hamilton, saying that he thinks 1.5 seconds is the difference from Mercedes to Red Bull in race trim and also a more recent one where a very familiar face in the paddock by his side since 2016 is no longer with him can you fill us in on Hamilton and Mercedes news
1: yeah that's right so uh, yeah starting with the uh the departing of ways it's Angela Cullen which is uh his trainer um those who aren't familiar with the name you'll certainly know the face it's the 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 short blonde lady that is in every uh, F1 TV cutaway to the Mercedes garage whenever something <laughs> happens to Lewis Hamilton I'm being I sound facetious I I'm only just sort of taking the fun mm-hmm. of it but like yeah she's she is a very integral part of of Lewis Hamilton's uh team as it were like in terms mm-hmm. of yeah it's the training it's the preparation she she has been there and, and been the the right How woman, to Lewis Hamilton since 2016. That's when they started working working together. Uh, she's off to uh, to do new adventures or new new explorations um, within her own life and her own career, um, which we yet to find out exactly what, what that is. But um, yes, it was a, a, a split within uh, the Hamilton camp, as it were. Uh, I'm sure our, our, some of our colleagues in the, the media may t- uh draw on that a lot more than uh, perhaps is, is real in terms of, yeah, camp uh, splits and... and, and, and yeah. And yeah, <laughs> well, it's all going wrong <laughs> for Hamilton. But um, it, yeah, I think it seemed a fairly amicable way of, of parting and that Hamilton is, um, is experienced enough and um, knows probably what he needs to do in terms of his own physical preparation, fitness, etc. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if there is going to be a new Angela Cullen. Um, she was a very mm. uh, charismatic person in 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 the paddock and um yeah you 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 couldn't could not spot her um so yeah it would be sort of sad to see her not not in the the mercedes side of that garage anymore but um
0: seven years is a long time in formula one as well you know and i say unless you're a highly paid driver but i'm sure she was you know well compensated for the amazing work that she did to to, oh yeah uh, to raise lewis's performance but either even so if you just got other ambitions to do things in you know whether it's to do a different line of work or to do anything you know the, the increasing load on an f1 season and then she has to be probably where lewis is when he's training at all times that is probably a job a bit like a pa actually where you don't really get an off day because if someone needs you they need you exactly it's a
1: huge a, <laughs> huge commitment um so maybe yeah, that's that's so. also been the factor into it um yeah, it's it's, you know. it's right, but um, yeah, it will be interesting to see how that that sort of adjusts. And so, go back to the yeah uh, the the other story yeah, that you so mentioned the p- performance
0: <laughs> wise of the, of the car, not Lewis. It's yeah. True. true.
1: Um, yeah, so he's he's estimated uh, that the Mercedes is currently in race trim, uh, one and a half seconds slower than the Red Bull, which sort of sounds ab- about right given what we've seen in, in Bahrain and, and today. But um, yes, the Mercedes team has had uh the biggest of almighty meetings and sit-downs a crunch meeting on uh the tuesday after bahrain to discuss what the heck's going on with their their car um they have basically admitted that this this concept that that they and only they have been following since the new regulations came in at the start of 2022 isn't working to the point of they can't win races or, or fight for championships with it um so there's been talk from from both drivers and team principal Total Wolf of yeah changing the direction, um, changing the philosophy. Whether that means a, a brand new car is is probably not the case because of the cost cap. Because they could not just throw money at the problem, it's it's probably a, a two part thing. Of the long term situation is probably a a brand new car for 2024 um and then do what they can with their current concepts um and they've talked about yeah a new side pod design and and a few other things that will be changed for for Imola which is in mid-may um when the sort of the first big upgrades everyone's expected to deliver will will be coming so Mm. um yes it's it it is they are where they are they've been very honest and open about this they they haven't met expectations within themselves they they sort of thought if they could get on top of the porpoising and try and unlock the performance they believe was there in, in, in last year's car and this year's car, that they could be, yeah, fighting for world championships. But they've got to where they are currently with this W14 and did just whether it's the data, whether it's correlation, it's just not adding up and it has never added added up to to what they expected. So, yeah, some pretty pretty harsh and brutal on home truths and honesty has come from the team and I think they're they're preparing for a changing of of concepts and changing of ways because it's just not worked.
0: Wow. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a B-Spec car sometime around Silverstone uh, this year as they uh, clearly have said, hey, you know, we tried it, we tried our best, um, but this is not not the way to go. A team who did, I think, show well, if you look at the actual times, the progress made through the race, ignoring penalties and stuff like that, if you sift through the data... A team who had reason to be happy in Bahrain, you wouldn't think so, is Alpine. Um, two cars in the top six in free practice today. Um, any news coming through from them? They were going to bring some upgrades quite regularly. Any news on that? Or is this uh, uh, a sign of the inherent pace in the car? What do you think?
1: Yeah, so nothing in terms of a significant upgrade for, for this weekend, which is like by and large the, the case for most of the teams because it's yeah so close to the, the opening race. There's, there's bits and pieces, but nothing too too drastic. Um but you you're right. It's um it, I think it's the 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 real Alpine maybe is is showing up this this time around. They they had in no and terms a bit of a shocker in Bahrain. Um <laughs> yes. whereby yeah, Gasly just didn't get qualifying hooked up was out in Q1 back row of the grid. Uh whereas Ocon qualified well, but he had uh very much a race <laughs> to forget picking up penalties like their sweeties. Um and and therefore he dropped out of the points and eventually they retired the car, whereas Gasly yeah. fought his way up to the points. But Gasly, saying, speaking on Thursday, they as like you said, they had a look at the, the data, they looked at where the cars and the traces were going. They thought if they had a clean weekend in Bahrain, they could challenge Mercedes or, or give, them a, give them a headache, which instantly puts them sort of, as we know, sixth, seventh place um, or maybe just, just behind them, which... On reflection of of where they are at the moment in in Saudi, early days, of course, is, is probably where we'd expect them to be going on going on the practice pace. So, yeah, if 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 they can have a clean weekend and extract the full potential of their car, which is pretty much what the team said at the end of the Bahrain Grand Prix of knowing, like, right, this isn't mm. really us, then yeah, they they probably will be the the fourth or fifth quickest car um on the grid um so yeah let's 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 wait and see they've still got to get through qualifying in the race but um yeah if they try, show their full potential I think they'll be they'll be fighting for the points definitely
0: and finally a quick word on Williams actually I thought I'd pick them out to uh just to talk to talk about rather Alex Albon finishing just over a second off the pace of Max Verstappen today and Logan Sargent uh, ahead of drivers like Oscar Piastri, ahead of Valtteri Bottas. So, Williams not bringing up the rear today in free practice. Actually, with Saudi, it's a, a fast-flowing track. They've said their car could be good on some circuits this year. Uh, this should be one of them. Any news coming out of uh, Williams and how this could be a a good circuit for them?
1: That's right, yeah, like the... the, yeah, the- the circuit should suit their car characteristics. Um, Albon, yeah, was 14th in FP2, but he his fastest lap was set on the mediums, whereas everyone else managed to get their fastest lap done on the softs, which is a bit of an, a anomaly. So you could definitely give him a few tenths in hand to move him up the order, and that puts him, yeah, just on the edge of the the points where he was for Bahrain. And uh, yeah, I think you I think you're right. They they could again if they have a clean weekend and and qualify well. Um, there's there's a chance that that Alban in particular can be fighting for that sort of just outside and just the top ten is sort of where they would be aiming. It's it is a definite h- tough ask for for rookie Lo- Logan Sargent. He's mm. he has experience around this track in F2, but um, obviously this is a different sort of challenge. Um, he didn't to be fair, he didn't do too badly today. And, and granted, his his Bahrain debut in F1 was, I think, beat most people's expectations. I think he mm. quitted himself very, very well. So, yeah, give him give him a chance. See how he does. I, I'm always sort of keen to see how he does compared to the the other two rookies for this year, which is Piastri and and De Vries. Um They've all got varying experience, let's say, in terms of their their junior careers and such. But given where their teams are, they're all they seem to be fairly well matched in terms of. How the season will go. So keeping that sort of little battle between those three going, uh, and he's yeah he's acquitted himself I think very well. So yeah, give, give him a chance. It might it, it might be a bit more difficult for Say Sargent to to fight for the points and, and match album's performances over these first few rounds. But um, yeah, they've got the package to to hopefully do something quite quite exciting this weekend.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much for your rundown of the Friday action. Once again, the big stories on autosport.com, which is where you should be heading to. If you are a subscriber to Autosport Plus, a reminder, we have all our wonderful long reads and in-depth articles on the Plus section of the website as well. And it should be your first port of call for the latest breaking news in Formula One and all of motorsport. So that's our wrap-up for Friday. Uh, JBL will catch you tomorrow, actually, for the podcast on Saturday. I'll be back with the gang uh, for our post-race analysis on Sunday. Catch you then.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com.